pray with me? Gracious God, we give you thanks for this day. We invite your Holy Spirit to be among us, be in both the preaching and the listening of your word, that you might be honored and glorified by our lives, walking in faith. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, everybody. I am not Daniel Moore. Um, so I, I'm glad to be here. Um, I am Alan Wakabayashi, uh, the Episcopal chaplain over at Princeton. Um, and so Daniel has me filling in uh, as he's away. Um, our services are Sunday nights to meet students' uh, count schedules. So I'm free to fill in where I can on Sunday mornings. And I was here once before, and it was a great experience, and I'm, I'm glad to be back with you all. So thank you for having me. Um, at Princeton, we are, I've been walking through the epistle readings um, for this season. So looking at the Second Timothy reading, when you look at the reading there, we hear the Apostle Paul um, mentoring his young protege, Timothy. Timothy's been appointed to pastor a church, and so we hear Paul charging him Timothy to continue on what he's learned from those who raised him in the faith. And when you read 2 Timothy, you realize at the very beginning that he had a godly uh, a grandmother named Lois and then his mother Eunice, and they raised him in the Christian faith. And then, of course, later on, Apostle Paul comes in and takes Timothy under his wings, and so he's had these significant influences in his life, raising him, learning the Christian faith. And so Paul writes, As for you, continue in what you have learned and firmly believed, knowing from whom you learned it, and how from childhood you have known the sacred writings that are able to instruct you for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. So remember what you've learned. Continue in the sound teaching you receive from those who raised you in the faith. And then looking into Timothy's role then as a pastor, Paul a bit later charges him. In the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is, judge, who is to judge the living and the dead, in the view of his appearing in his kingdom, I solemnly urge you, proclaim the message, be persistent whether the time is favorable or unfavorable. Convince, rebuke, and encourage with the utmost patience in teaching. For the time is coming when people will not put up with sound doctrine, but have itching ears that will accumulate for themselves teachers to suit their own desires and will turn away from listening to the truth and wander away to myths. So Paul's charging Timothy to persevere in preaching the message of the faith, whether it feels like it's a favorable time or not, to keep preaching and proclaiming the message of faith that he learned growing up contained in the scriptures. And why? Because Paul looks ahead and, and sees a time coming where people are not going to want to hear the true message of the faith but rather will search for teaching that kind of scratches whatever itch they may have at the time. So Paul knows that for Christians of that time, there's going to be this increasing temptation to wander away from the teaching of the faith and to gravitate to teaching that just makes people feel good, that scratches where they itch. So he's charging Timothy, don't give in to that, but to persevere in teaching the true message of the faith that you were taught that you inherited from your grandmother, from your mother, and Apostle Paul would say, from me. Because a time's coming when people are not going to want to hear it, and there's a temptation to give in. 
And the resource that God has given is to understand and proclaim the teaching of faith is the Holy Scriptures. He says, all Scripture is inspired by God, useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient, equipped for every good work. So you get Paul's message, right? He's calling Timothy to stay faithful, keep preaching the true message of the good news of Jesus, which you've learned from, from your grandmother, from your mother, from me. Tap into the Holy Scriptures, the message that, that you were taught. And in all this, you get the sense that for Paul, being grounded in the faith from the Scriptures was absolutely essential for God's people. And what he says about Scripture is quite revealing. All Scripture is inspired by God, useful for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, so that everyone who belongs to God may be proficient equipped for every good work. He thinks people need to be grounded in the scriptures to be proficient and equipped for every good work. I mean, think about if we turn that phrase around. Without the scriptures, a person will not be proficient and not be equipped for every good work. Now, for Paul, the scriptures would have been the Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, but later, the idea of Scripture gets stretched to include the New Testament as the church recognizes where God has been speaking to his church. And so I think it's fair for us, when he talks about all Scripture, that we include the New Testament um, as we think about Scripture. But Paul thinks people need to be grounded in Scriptures to be proficient and equipped for every good work. That without Scripture, you can't do every good work. Is that true? Do we believe that? Do we believe that if we are not grounded in the scriptures, that we will not be proficient, that we will not be equipped for every good work? I mean, can't you be good without knowing the Bible? But I think there's a difference between doing good things and doing the good things God has especially created us to do. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10 says, We are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. You know, in right too, in, in one of our post-communion prayers, we pray, And now, Father, send us out to do the work you have given us to do. If Ephesians 2.10 is correct, then we collectively... And individually, as individual followers of Jesus Christ, have been specially created to do good works which God has prepared beforehand for us to do. We have been specially created to do good works that he has already prepared for us to do. And then so how we get equipped to do those good works which God has especially created us for us is through the Holy Scriptures. God will equip us from the Scriptures to do what he has called us to do. Now think about running a marathon. I don't run a marathon. But imagine, think about the idea of running a marathon. There is training that has to happen if anyone is going to be able to run a marathon. I mean, you don't just show up at the starting line and say, I'm going to hope, and hope to finish and run the marathon. 
In some ways, we are on a life marathon in our journey of faith. And the ongoing training required is found in learning, studying, and listening to the scriptures. So how equipped are you? You know, as I reflect on my own journey, I, in many ways, feel like Timothy. Because I can look back on a rich heritage of being raised in a Christian home where I was taught the scriptures and saw models of people that regularly read, studied, and listened to the scriptures. I watched both my parents in their respective times and places reading their Bibles and hearing them wrestle with and trying to understand what the Bible was, ta- was saying. Growing up, I soon learned that both of my parents were trying to read their Bibles every day. And as a kid, we, had to, we actually had to memorize Bible, tr- Bible verses in our church to get scholarships to church camp in the summer. We had to memorize certain verses. We even had to memorize the order of the books in the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. I hated that, but oh, am I so glad I did that because it still sticks with me. And we learn all the Bible stories, you know, about Noah and the ark, Samson and Delilah, Jonah and the whale. We learned about Jesus and his ministry and his disciples. So I give thanks for the foundations that I received from my parents and from my church. Later, as an adult, I not only tried learning the content of the Bible, but I started learning how to listen to God through the Bible. You know, on one hand, the content of the Bible helped give me a growing sense of how God had worked, God and his people related to each other over history. But then as I sought to open myself up to God's Spirit, I slowly learned how to hear God's Spirit speak to me, speak words of his grace, his love, and direction in my life. You know, for instance, I think about the Old Testament passage that we have today. This, it's, a, it's a very strange story, don't you think? About uh, Jacob happening upon some dude, and they start wrestling. You don't know why, but somewhere down the line, Jacob starts realizing this guy is not just a normal guy. And it slowly it starts dawning on him. We don't know how it happens, but that he realizes this is God. And he wants... God to bless him. And no matter how much Jacob is losing in the wrestling match, he will not let go because he wants God to bless him. Bless me, bless me. In the process, God throws his hip socket out of joint. But God, in the end, blesses him and gives him a new name. Jacob, his first name, Jacob, would have meant supplanter or guy from behind. His new name, Israel, the fighter, the contender. And he is blessed in this process, but he walks away limping. And I was hearing this scripture during a time of incredible hardship and struggle, and it was as if the beacon of light came down, the music started playing in the background, and it just, it was like revelation that God takes us through times of hardship and struggle. But it is through those hardships and struggles where then he blesses us and he changes us. But we carry scars. And I feel like I've had scars from struggles in my life. And yet it's those very times of struggle in many ways that God has worked to transform and change me. 
but I walk away limping a bit because there are scars from the struggle. And then the psalm that we sang, Psalm 121, another incredible crisis point in my life. I was desperate to know what to do. I'm sitting, this is before I became an Episcopal priest. I'm sitting in church, listening to our senior pastor, and he was actually preaching on Psalm 121. And in the midst of my crisis, my struggle, what did I hear? I heard preached to me, I lift up my eyes to the hills from where is my help to come. My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. And that time, it was again, boom, God just connecting with where I was and assuring me of his help, his faithfulness, that he will not sleep or slumber as he watches over me. And the fact that these three scripture passages are given for us today, the Genesis passage, Psalm 121 as a response, and the epistle passage, the fact when I started preparing, it felt like it just gutted me again. Because I remembered how God had worked through the scriptures to equip me for the life of faith and ministry. How like Timothy, I know the scriptures from whom I learned those scriptures, my parents, my pastors, my spiritual mentors. And I remember how God spoke to me through those scriptures, like he did through the story of Jacob wrestling with God, like the psalm, where do I look, my help comes from the Lord. And then I look out and think about preaching a sermon, and I want so much for others that they too would be equipped with God has for us that you be blessed and transformed by God on this long marathon race of faith. And one of the keys of how this happens is through a daily commitment to soak in the scriptures, to read it, to get to know the content of the Bible, and in reading it, to pay attention to what the Spirit of God says. The Spirit of God who gently and persistently, sometimes surprisingly, in unexpected ways, will speak, will lead, will guide. If you're not in the habit of reading your Bible and learning the overall biblical story, it's not easy to, step, to start nor to continue in. It's not like every day will be flashes of spiritual insights, beacons of light, music playing in the background. Some days it will just be mundane, methodical plotting, reading through books like Leviticus. But over time, like osmosis, we're transformed as we spend time reading and reading and listening to the Holy Scriptures. And every so often there'll be those days when God shows up in a special way beacon of light, music, or however, and you will be brought to your knees in gratitude and worship because God has spoken to you. And then one day, you're going to stand in the presence of Jesus and then look at yourself and hopefully over the, the long marathon of, of the journey of faith, when you look at yourself, you'll see that you have been transformed so that you look a lot like Jesus. Amen.